0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Have you ever tried to find a safe place when you're pressing through the obstacles and storms of life? That's my, that's where I'm going today. Probably going to be here this Wednesday, maybe next Wednesday. I know we we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and I started thinking about the Holy Spirit, and I just talked about it recently on a Sunday morning, and I really, really had a great message I felt to help you understand that the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to times of testing. Now, let me explain something to you. Now, I'm going to, he don't bring the test, okay? He doesn't bring these trials. He never brings a place of failure. But just like the Holy Spirit led Jesus through the wilderness, to a greater place of authority, he's going to lead you through some seasons of life to get you to a greater place of faith. If we never went through nothing, we'd never know this word worked. If we didn't walk through times of the unknown, how could we trust the God who is known? If we didn't walk through the enemy's attacks, how would we know God is faithful to provide provision during the storms? So no matter what season of life you're in, you're going to go through some stuff. No matter what time of life you might have to press through, I want you to know that God's given you the equipment to make it through every storm. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. It was really strong. I said, well, maybe it's time just sometimes to tell Jesus, you sit this one out because I'm okay. I know what to do, and I know in this boat I can find the tools to overcome because you didn't leave me here to fail. You brought me here to have success. So one of the things I kind of want to kind of dropping your spirit today is this is that have you ever been in a storm have you ever walked through a storm you know i don't know about you but we're in florida and you know sometimes man we we go through it'll rain sometimes so hard here it doesn't even look like you see through your windshield and you all know what i'm talking about man you go from life going at 80 sometimes i've been on you know i4 you're going like 75 80 and you're buzzing and all of a sudden you get in a storm you're down to 10 miles an hour the things about the storms of life are they're sudden. They just come out of nowhere. You might not even be prepared for what's getting ready to happen. And in one minute, you're doing one thing. And in the next minute, you're running for shelter. I've been places, you know, one thing about here, when it rains, it rains. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And what happens is everybody knows what we're saying. But, like, you could be out having a great day, and all of a sudden, the skies open up, it starts downpouring, and you got to run for cover. The storms of life don't come uh, sometimes with radar. They just show up. They don't come with a warning. They just show up. You know, I always think like, you know, we're, we we kind of sometimes we deal with the hurricanes here. I, I wonder what those people did years, years ago when you didn't have all this technology. You'd just be living life one minute, and next minute you know you'd be standing in you know gale force winds that's never even been seen before, and they they would they didn't even know. So you can imagine the uncertainties of some storms in life naturally. Or just like the storms of life, you're going to stay sometimes spiritually. I do not know where that came from. Everything was going great. Now, all of a sudden, I'm in the midst of these winds and these storms that don't seem to make sense because I've been doing the best I can navigating through what I've been called to do. I want you to look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and we're going to read this story of Jesus and the storm. And you all know these stories, and you know we've talked about them often, but I want you to know this, that I promise you that the Holy Spirit's trying to lead you through the storms of life. Not only is he trying to give you the wisdom to navigate through them, he's trying to give you the tools to overcome them. Holy Spirit knew when Jesus went through the wilderness, he came out the other side. He went through a storm. He went through a time of pressure. And every time me and you face these pressure points, he makes sure that he has equipped us with the tools to overcome. In Mark 4.35, it says... Later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. You know, I think one of the greatest things of all is when you start valuing the word of God at the place you need to, you start understanding that if Jesus said something, he's gonna make sure it happens. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he's gonna repent about what he said. He's not gonna back up what he said and how he said it. He's gonna make true to every promise that he gave me and you. And after they had sent the crowd away. They shoved off from the shore with him. And he had been teaching from the boat. And they sat other boats and sailed with him. And suddenly there came a what? They were crossing the lake and a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing in the boat until it was swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care that we're all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, hush, you calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they who were overwhelmed with fear and awe said one or another, who is this man that has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? I mean, I love that. When serious storms come up in life, we're we're always trying to maybe find a safe place. You know, I thought about I had that thought a couple of weeks ago. You know, it was probably months ago by now. But I said, man, I said maybe Jesus wants us to maybe He just wants to sit one out. Maybe He just wants me and you to do what we know to do to speak to the storms of life. I don't know where you're at right now, but I want you to notice when serious storms of life come. Sometimes we look for a safe place. How I react. And what I do in the middle of these storms of life determines what God can do. I love this story because they said they woke him up, and when he woke him up, he said, basically, he's like, haven't you learned to trust me yet? Don't you think if you're in the middle of a dilemma, I'm right there with you? We're going to talk about it, and we're going to see areas in our life where we need to start understanding our surroundings are not void of God's presence. That if he's in there with me, There's no way it can overtake me. And I got news for you. He's always with you in the boat. You know, sometimes he might just be sitting on the seashore, but he's watching. Sometimes he might just be standing in the water while you're walking out to him. And sometimes he might be just right there in the boat with you. But I promise you this, if God before you, nobody could be against you, amen? We sometimes got to understand that we might just be sitting right where God needs us to be so we could start seeing sides of God we never seen before. Because how are you going to know he's faithful if you've never been through nothing? How are you going to know you can trust him with your praise when you're in the middle of a problem? How do you know you can believe him? Because the Bible says that faith, faith works in an unseen realm. We walk by faith and not by sight. How would you react if you were in the middle of a violent storm? What would you do? In Mark 4:37, the classic uh, Bible amplified says this, and a furious storm of wind of hurricane proportions arose. That's a serious storm. I like it. It amplified it, but it wasn't just like, can you imagine being, I can't even imagine being shut up in the house when a hurricane comes on by, let alone being out in the water. You know some of you know what I'm saying. You go see those reporters they're like hanging on. And they're like, "The wind's blowing them away." Can you imagine being in the middle of the water when a storm like that of hurricane proportions and while the waves keep beating into the boat. So it was already becoming filled the disciples the disciples were crossing over with Jesus and a violent storm began. They were frightened, they were fearful and they were faithless. My God, have you ever been frightened? Have you ever been fear-filled? And have you ever come to a place in the middle of a storm, you feel faithless? Listen. Don't tell everybody. Everybody gets like that sometimes. There's nothing wrong with you. Pastor Chris, I got a report from a doctor, and it don't sound good. Pastor Chris, my finances are really in a spot. PC, I don't know if we can make it another minute. I'm kind of nervous. Just like the disciples were frightened, fearful, they were faithless in the midst of a potential storm, sometimes we get there. That doesn't mean we're staying there. I'm not going to sit here and say to you, oh, you know, I'm such a great faith person. I've never been kind of like a little bit like what's going on. Maybe there's things in life that come out of nowhere and you feel like, oh my God, how in the world am I gonna overcome this? It's okay to feel fear, but you can't stay in fear. It's okay to be frightened about some situations that may arise, but you can't stay in that place. Guys, I want you to know the only way we can turn things around is we gotta get to faith so we can't be faithless in a time of needing faith. So here's my question, point number one. When trouble is coming my way, what do I do? How do I respond? What should I be doing when it looks like trouble's headed my way? When the storms of life arise against you and you try to seek to find peace, when trouble's come your way, maybe you got some sleepless nights, maybe you're tossing and turning, Maybe you're worrying about what could be and what's not happening, and maybe you're not really at a re- rested place. Excuse me, at a rested place. Don't you think Jesus knew where they were at? He knows exactly where you're at. Just like he knew exactly where they were at. See, gee, and what's the first thing? I've said this forever. What's the first thing they did when the storm looked like It was going to be so bad, they didn't know what they were going to do. They wake Jesus up and said, don't you care that we perish? Hey, Jesus, if you care about me, and you love me, and you're here for me, and you want to help me, where are you? Where are you in this situation? Where are you in these circumstances? Where are you in this stuff? Where are you? Don't you care? Don't we do that? Don't you care that I perish? Don't you care? Jesus, don't you care about my financial situation? Jesus, if you love me, why do I get that doctor's report? Why do I got to go through this? Where are you? Well, Jesus doesn't bring this stuff, but he's given us the answer to the stuff that we face in life if we apply the word of God. See, that's the enemy's tool. He doesn't want you to think God's for you. He wants you to think you're isolated and you got to do this on your own. He wants you to think that you can't change the storms of life. But he gave you his authority to change every situation and circumstance. So we need to just do what Jesus did. Look in Mark 438. The New King James reads a little different. It says, He was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care? The disciples had done exactly as Jesus told them to do. They shoved off from the shore to cross over to the other side, and in the midst of it, in the act of obedience, the storm came. I want you to know it's not what you're doing wrong that the storms of life show up. It's probably what you're doing right. Okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do? I want you to get in the boat, and I want you to go to the other side. Okay, let's get in the boat and go to the, on the way to the other side. Here comes all the drama. You could be right in the middle of the will of God for your life and be in the greatest storms you've ever had in life. The storm came quickly. The storm came ferociously. And the storm came what? what? Power and obstacle to deter them from thinking they were doing what God had called them to do don't you care that I'm perishing? Sometimes we're simply just going about our business, doing what we need to do, walking in the will of God, and here's the problem with the storms. You never know when they're coming. Write that down. You never know when a storm's really coming. You can kind of sometimes see the clouds look a little weird, but guess what? You don't know when the storms of life are coming. In one moment, things are fine, and in the next moment, we found ourselves surrounded by the storm taking on water. Isn't that true? How do we handle storms? Sometimes the phone rings. How are we going to handle that? Sometimes something happens at work. Something happens at home. Somebody gets a doctor's report. Somebody says, like, you know, I was just watching something the other day, and uh, it was something that was going on, and these people said this, that everything was going great in life in one day. One day, you see this stuff all the time. And one day, how do I handle the storms and how do I handle the adversity when they come on suddenly? Listen what it says in Matthew 634 in the Message Bible. This is so powerful. I want you to read it with me. I want you to see it. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about any, about any, man, this is, don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Isn't that so good? Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up with what's gonna happen tomorrow. We can't take care of tomorrow. You know, I've seen so many people, man, I just had this thing, right? People were like, going down, they were freaking out. I said, listen, you gotta think upon the good. You gotta think upon the just, you got to think upon the lovely. You got to think upon the pure. You got to think upon the good report. Your, your ideas are bombarding your mind. Just like those guys in the boat here comes the waves, here comes the sea, here comes the storm. Oh my God, the boat's taking on water. They were so frantic in their thinking that by the time they came to Jesus and woke him up, they had lost all sanity of the moment. And he's like, don't you trust me? See, that's what happens when you start taking on the waves and the wind, you know. Even Peter, when he looked upon Jesus, he was looking at Jesus and he walked out on the word, come. But the minute he started looking at the circumstances, the minute he started looking at the wind, you don't see the wind. You see the effects of the wind. I've been saying that for 20 years. You can't see wind. You see the tree move, but the wind is unseen. You see the effects. You see the effects of the wind. You see the effects of the storm. But guess what? You don't see you don't see it itself as long as you keep your eyes on Jesus as long as you keep your eyes on the Word as long as you keep your eyes on the spoken Word you can walk into the spiritual things of life but the minute you take your eyes off of what you're supposed to be looking at and the minute you take your thoughts off of what you're supposed to be thinking you might just start sinking you might just start floundering you might just start missing I'm going to give your entire attention to what God is doing right now right now. Man, I'm telling you, man, you, you think about some faith exploits that you've been through. Just think of this. I want you to do something here. Now, I don't like you going back to the past, but I want you, just for a minute, look at the past faithfulness of God. Look at that, look at that storm. Now, I want you to go slow, okay? And I really want you to do this. Look at that storm of addiction you walked through, some of you. Look at that storm of grief you didn't think you were going to be able to make it. In the moment, you didn't think you were ever going to be able to live another minute of life. Look at those challenges of life that look like they slapped you upside your head. You weren't good. It looked like they knocked you down, and you were never going to get up for another round. Look at where you came from. I just talked to somebody today, and they 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 went to prison for years of their life. Today, I just got off the phone with them a little while ago, and I'm like, look at where your life is from where you were. Now, that that's not that doesn't that's not bad. But I was saying, when you were there and you looked at this, they even said to me, I said, I had so many legal troubles and trials and tests, and, and it looked like every time I was facing life, I was failing. I said, but look at you now. Look at you now. You've turned your life around. Look at what you've been through. Look at what, look at what you, when you were in the middle of it, you thought, don't you care? I'm perishing. I'm not going to be able to make it, Jesus. But look what you walked through, look what you overcome, look what you've stepped through, look what you've pressed through, look what you've 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 overcome because you just kept taking step after step after step, then you walked through those storms that seemed like they were so difficult in the moment. Look at how faithful God was to intervene. Look at the thing that you thought was gonna be the end of you. Just was just another chapter of success for God and you. I think sometimes in life, you gotta get to the place where you understand this. We gotta let Jesus. Be our peace in the midst of storms. we got to let Jesus be the victory in the place and the position as we face the storms of life. Point number two I want you to write down is this. Don't worry when you go through storms. God's always got a way to get you out. Write that down. Don't worry when you go through the storm. God's always got a way to get you out. Don't ever forget that. If God brought you here, he'll get you through it. Don't forget that. Don't worry When you go through storms, God's always got a way to get you out. There's a way of escape. Look at Mark 4.35 in the Amplified. On that same day, when the evening had come, he said, let's go over to the other side. (laughs) Like, do you believe the Son of God knew what he was going to happen? Sure he did. You don't think Jesus didn't know? He said, look, we're going to the other side. Now here's the thing about Jesus. He doesn't talk to you about the obstacles you're going to face in between the here and the there. Because you won't go. (laughs) Can you imagine imagine this? He did it with Paul. When when the apostle Paul was getting ready to go on a missionary journey, the prophet of God came before him and said to him, I think it was Agabus, came and gave him the prophetic word of the shackles and the chains and the pain he was going to go through and he got a prayer. That's why when somebody says, I got a word for you, I don't want it. I don't want it. Now, I, I receive it, but I go, oh, my God. Because when you get a word from God, that usually means the storm's coming, and you're going to have to hang on to that word to get you through this thing to get to the other side. Because when you get a word, that means God wants to confirm his word, written word, to make you know it's a coming, buddy. Can you imagine this? We're all at this right, picture-relevant church. Okay, we're all hanging out for the relevant church cruise. We're going on the love boat. Remember that? You ever watch love boat? Right, Gavin McLeod was like a big time Christian, right? The love boat, da 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 will you rekindle your love for your spouse, the love boat. Whatever, the dating game, whatever the heck it was, they were playing on that thing. I don't know, show was goofy, right? So we show up for the relevant church crews. Hey, we're going to start sail at the Port of Canaveral, and we're going to go through across the Europe. And on the way across the sail, we are going to run into a Category 5 hurricane. We're going to probably feel like we're all going to die, and it's not going to be good. You'll probably be vomiting over the rail because the seas are going to be 30-foot seas. You're going to not want to eat your Who's signing up for the relevant church love boat? Sounds like your marriage. <laughs> Come on, right? You're like, I, uh, honey, do you really want to go on the uh, love boat cruise to hell? <laughs> no, there's no one. Can you imagine the brochure? Well, hey, we're gonna start it in Sunnyport, Canaveral, and then we're gonna walk through. Here comes the eye of the store. <laughs> They're like, they get no. I don't even want to go if the weather's going to be good. Because I don't want to be trapped What half the people God's going to trap me with on that boat. Come on, somebody. That's what somebody's thinking here. No, I'm not going to go. And then somebody else is thinking, why in the world do you sign up for this? You think Jesus is going to tell you, welcome to the ministry. Hey, welcome to the ministry. Praise the Lord. The ministry. <laughs> He's telling you the pain and the problems. You wouldn't sign up. Welcome to this. Welcome to Christianity 101. Red carpet ride. All the way from here to heaven. No! There's going to be storms. You know, I asked the Lord, I told you that I did that with David's life. I'm like, why are you telling David he's going to be king and then make him go play with sheep? I've never forgot that. I was like, Jesus, come on, man. You got you got David, right? The guy's overlooked. He's got an he's got an he's got an inferiority complex to begin with. There's no doubt. You gotta look at the Bible like through the eyes of humanity sometimes. Let me explain that, okay? You don't think David has an inferiority complex? He has to. Everybody gets invited to go from his father's house. His his own father doesn't even pick him to show up. You don't think that? Come on, man. You gotta live in the pages, but you gotta let reality hit your head. David's thinking like, why didn't I get invited? And then when he shows up and finds out he's the one, you gotta be thinking like, I didn't even know they were having a, I didn't even know they were having a selection committee. How come nobody thought about me? How come everybody was overlooking me? And I thought about this, and then he gets anointed, right? The prophet of God comes and pours oil upon him and anoints him to be king. Then he gets back to the sheep. I'm like, God, why did he tell the kid he's gonna be the king and then send them back to the sheep? Why do you, what's this all about? And he said this, he said, because David's journey was gonna be such a progress of life that David had to hang on to that word of king while they had to walk through all the pressure of being a shepherd. You would let go, you quit. If God doesn't speak to you big early, you'd probably quit in the middle. If God doesn't speak big early with dream, the dream, the vision, the plan, you'd quit. You'd be like, you know what David looked back to? I remember that day when the prophet of God said. I remember that day when the word of God said. I remember that day when see what I'm saying? So you gotta have sometimes an experience. From the word of God to hold on to when you walk through the precious life. Because ain't there's no flowery, you know, oh we're gonna be, you know, daffodils and daisies. No, it's gonna be fighting. Fight the good fight of faith. Hold on to your promise of God. So then don't you think Jesus knew this stuff was coming? Sure he did. I got this new living translation. I don't know if you got that. If you got it, it's great. That Acts two twenty three. If we got it, it's the NLT. It would be good. They could see it. Um, I think it kind of reads just a little bit easier for you to get this in. But God knew what would happen, and he prearranged a plan, was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed them to a cross and killed him. But God knew what was gonna happen. Nothing's taken God by surprise. Nothing's taking Jesus by surprise. You don't think right now the storm you're in right now, oh my God, what are we gonna do? Heaven's like, oh my God, what do we do? Man, guys, I really need you to hear me. You don't think that storm you're sitting in right now, God didn't know was coming? He just wants to see what you're gonna do in the middle of it. Are you gonna, are you gonna be like, Jesus, wake up! Or are you gonna be like, I'm just gonna speak the word to this thing. Because if I'm in the middle of it, he already got here and went before me. If Jesus knew what was going to happen to him, don't you think he knows what's going to happen to you? You better believe he knew that storm that was going to show up on the Sea of Galilee. You better know for sure he knew every storm that's going to face your life. He just doesn't know what decision you're going to make in the middle of it. See, because you got to understand something. In the middle of a storm, the choice is yours. The consequences have already been discerned. If you don't rise up in faith... You'll sink. It's not up to Jesus whether you sink. It's up to you. It's not up to Jesus whether he can get you to the other side. It's up to you. It's not up to anybody in this situation of life because we don't have Jesus walking around with a pair of sandals and a robe on now helping us navigate through life. It's the word of God he's given us. So in the midst of storms of life, if you choose to say, well, you know what, I get, no, 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 no. You're gonna have to rise up in faith. Listen, we're all gonna face fear and we're all gonna face fright and we're all gonna face this thing. But we gotta make sure we rise up in faith. In everything you face in life, no matter how great the temptation or seemingly insurmountable the problem may be, God always provides a way to get out. Listen to what he says, in First Corinthians 10, 11, it's powerful. You know, the way of escape. All the tests they endured on their way through the wilderness are a symbolic picture, an example that provides us with a warning so that we can learn through what they experienced. For we live in a time when the purpose of all the ages past is now completing its goal within us. So Beware. If you think it could never happen to you, don't let pride become your downfall. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test and trial of your life that you face so you can bear it. Right there, you're a winner. You better get that. I I ain't even leaving that for a minute. Did you feel that? Did you pull that in? Come on, but well, that's the birthday blessing right there. God just gave us a birthday blessing. Come on, your birthday is my birthday. Let's go. We're all one anyway. Wait, did you pull that in? Let's just look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and we're gonna pull it in easy, and we're gonna we're gonna meditate on this for a minute. We all experience times of testing. Got it. Check one. Everybody in this room, everybody right now, you're gonna experience a time of testing. It's normal. So just know that. So everybody say great. Just pull that in meditate in it for a minute, hold on to it. Everybody's gonna go through the test of life in areas of your life, we got it? Check, everybody's gonna go through it. No strange thing, this fiery trial, don't think it's something odd, it's nothing you did, we're gonna go through it to make sure we can overcome. Got it, we all experience the time of testing. Okay, I'm all right with that. But God's faithful, number two, God's gonna be faithful. So number one, we're gonna experience the test. Come on, right? We're going to go through tests. Nobody liked tests in school. Nobody care. Nobody liked pop quizzes and all that other nonsense, okay? But God's faithful. So say, testings are coming, but God is faithful. Okay, well, what does he do to make sure he can be faithful? He screens, filters, looks at the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test or trial you face. So he tests you out. Now watch this. I'm going to show you what this is like. So I'm a sports guy, right? All right. What happens in any sport when you're being trained in the sport, you got to try out for the position. Okay? So we train, and then we try out. And if we pass the tryout test, we get a position on the team. And then we see how you monitor your progress, whether we keep playing you every week. Jesus is coaching you to victory. So he goes, okay, what's going on? Screens it, he filters it. You know, it's funny. They're <laughs> looking at that stuff, right? Well, if you put so and so up against so and so, that's going to be easy. But a greater test is when you go up a division. See what I'm saying? <clears throat> so now, now you're asking yourself, am I ready for that? So here's what Jesus does He loves what? He screens it. He filters it. He looks at the severity of it. Man, this might be too big. The nature and the timing of every test and try and fix, so you can handle it. Then he throws you in. Now think of this. Peter, yeah? Now I've been saying this for years. Peter, what's walking on water? It's stupid. Peter walking on water is stupid. What is it going to prove? Jesus walking on water, I get it. He had to get from point A to point B. He can't go take a plane. So he just walked across the lake, cut it on his time. That makes sense. What good's Peter walking on water? Doesn't make any sense. But Peter saw into the realm of a spirit life and he had desire to live that life, just like me and you. That's what that was all about. I believe that. He looks at Jesus and said, man, if you can do that, I want to do it too. And Jesus ain't got nothing to say, but come on out. See what I'm saying? Come on. Now this is going to test your faith. See, some things, I want you to see this now, when you want promotions in the realm of the spirit, you step out on faith, the enemy is gonna show up all around you and say, get back in the boat. Jesus just speaks and Jesus just lets you see. It was the same thing when Peter said, he said to Peter, who am I? And Peter goes, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. He said, yeah, he goes, my father gave you that. But then two minutes later, Peter couldn't live up what he heard because he winds up turning his back on him and say, get behind me singing because you're trying to change my plan. You're gonna hear things in the spirit from the word of God. You're gonna see things in the spirit from the word. And that's not spiritual stuff. What that means is those are um, accessing this life in Christ. And when you hear it, faith comes by hearing. You're gonna what? Your faith's gonna rise, but they receive it with joy for a minute. But now you gotta walk through the test of time to get that fruit to develop. Man, I don't know if I wanna do this. <clears throat> Ain't no other way to get it. So when he heard, he couldn't walk walk it out. And when he saw, he couldn't walk it out. What did he say to him? Why are you faithless? He picks him up out of the lake. I'm trying to develop you here. And you get developed in faith by receiving faith from the word of God and then stepping out on it. So really the storm showed up because of you, not God. You got to realize this. When you want to go to the other side, when you want to get to another level, when you want to grow spiritually, you say, I'm ready for the test, not God. And the minute you take a step, here comes fear, that's the enemy. Here comes stuff, that's all the enemy. Laugh in his face. Once you start understanding why the storm showed up, behind every storm in your life is your hidden promotion. It's in disguise. Goliath showed up. Not to be an enemy or an obstacle, but to be a revealer of how great David really was. Every obstacle that shows up in your life is just here to reveal the champion you really are. You're going to start looking at them. You're going to start embracing them now and not running away from him. Okay? Did you get that? Each test is an opportunity. You see this? Every test and trial you face so you can bear it up. Each test. Test is a what? Look at that First Corinthians 10, 13. Let me pop it up there. Let them see that. Each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. Man, oh man, oh man. That First Corinthians 10, 13, strong. We all experience times of testing. <laughs> it's normal Ah, oh, man I don't want to go how are you going to grow without one you know don't you have to pass everything you do in life you got to pass a test to get to the next level but God is faithful when you're facing the storms of life God isn't wringing his hands in heaven trying to wonder what am I going to do you want to see something really cool I want you to go to Numbers 11 go to Numbers 11 16 I think I put this in the message because I did. <clears throat> I'm almost positive it's in the message. Check that out. It says, God said to Moses, I'll give you plenty of time. I put it in the message. It reads a little bit better. I think it's the message. Um, when you read this, man, this got me. I know I'm kind of like laying back here, but man, this got me. This is such a good story. Numbers 11, we read about the children of Israel. They were <laughs> hungry and they were whining and God heard them and told Moses. was And this is when... Um, Moses uh, uh, appointed the elders and broke them up in groups. But listen what it says in this thing. God said to Moses, "Gather together seventy men from among the leaders of Israel, men whom you know to be respected and responsible. Take them to the temple meeting. I'll meet you there, and I'll come down and I'll speak with you, and I'll take some of my some of the spirit that is on you and place it on them. And then and then then." Then they'll be able to take some of the load of this people. You won't have to carry the whole thing alone. Did you get that? Isn't that good? So he's saying, man, break it up. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now he's mad at them. God got a little mad because they were testing him. Now watch what he does. Tell the people, consecrate yourself, get ready for tomorrow. Now they were grumbling and complaining about being in a position. I'd rather go back to Egypt. This test stinks. I'm in a storm. We should be better off dead. Blah, blah, blah. We want to go back to Egypt. These, these jokers are screaming about going back to Egypt where they're in bondage. They were, they were slaves. They had no rights. They had no privileges. They didn't have God in their life like he wanted to get it in their life. Now, he's trying to take them to a better land, but you got to walk through the desert to get to the better land. Y'all remember the story, right? So God, this is us. Okay? we children of Israel. They're hungry, and they're whining. Well, God's trying to take him from a better place of provision, but you got to walk through the desert to get there. Isn't that the funny thing about God? To get you from point A to point B, you got to walk through some stuff, and in the middle of it, you start grumbling and complaining and why. Hey, it's better for us to be in Egypt. It was better for us. Pharaoh's house, better Moses, we hate him. Blah, blah, blah. We've all been there, right? God bless me. He starts blessing you, and you got to get a new job. You're mad about the cubicle. You're mad about your parking you mad about everything. And watch this. Tell the people, verse 18, we're going to read this. Tell the people, you consecrate yourself and get ready for tomorrow when you go to eat meat. You've been whining to God. See that? We want meat. Give us meat. We had a better life in Egypt. Don't that sound like people? Why am I in this thing? I don't want. Now, God is taking them to promotion. Are you getting this? God is taking them out of poverty. He's bringing them to the blessed life. Their clothes didn't run out. They had manna coming out the sky. They got manna. They got bread, they had food, they had the name, they mad. I want me. Right? They got everything going on. We want this. We want that grumbling, clumbling, complaining, griping, belly aching. Right? I don't like it. It's un- too hot. Ah, you got a cloud in the day. Got air conditioning during the day. People. Right? Me and you do too. God, why are you do? Oh, God, why is that? Y'all pull the Jesus in. Oh, I'm about to lock the shock the today God, why are you love? Why are you forsake me? Y'all, come on, man. Come on, man. You got a splinter. Oh, God. Come on. Relax. Relax. We all do it, don't we, though? He said, look. He said, we had a better life in Egypt. God has heard your whining, and he's going to give you meat. You're going to eat so much meat. And it's not just for a day that you'll eat meat. And now for two days, five days, 10 days, or 20 days, you're going to eat meat for a month. You're going to eat so much meat until it's coming out of your nose. That's God. That's why the message reads. Now King James reads the same way. It's just over emphasizes. He said, "Oh, you want meat? You God's. Let me tell you about God. God's a gangster. O.G. He's the O.G. He's the original gangster. God. I'll get a note about this. I don't read none of this stuff. Stop sending me stupid stuff because I don't read it." He just said, Yeah, mind your own business. I just said, God's the original game. He's a gangster. He said, Mmm. He said, Oh, you want to play with me? I'm going to shove so much meat down your throat, it's going to come out your nose. Did I, did I read it? You're going to get so much meat, it's going to come out of your nose. You're going to be so sick of meat, you'll throw it up at the mere man. God, <laughs> he's a gangster. Look, he said, Oh, you don't think I can? Now, watch. Moses questions him. Moses even questioned God. He's like, where are you going to get all this meat? Watch this. I'm telling you, the God we serve, just because you got a test, just because you got a trial, just because you got a storm, just because you better know who you're serving. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You better know who you serve. You're going to get so sick of meat, you're going to throw up at the mere man Here's why. Because you have rejected God who is right here among you, whining right to his face. Oh, why did we ever have to leave Egypt? They're in a storm. Walk into the promise. So Moses chimes in. Now Moses got to produce, right? All right, he's like, hey, okay, God, you know, we just went through this delegate the authority thing. I'm cool with it. They're going to get some of my spirit. We're going to put it on them. Where in the world am I going to feed all these people? Moses said, I'm standing here surrounded by 600,000 people. Men on foot. And you say, I'll get and give you meat, not meat just for a day, meat for every day. So where is it going to come from? Even if all the flocks and herds were butchered, would that be enough? He's like, we ain't even got enough cattle to surprise. this. How in the heaven are we going to feed It's almost a million people? Even if all the fish of the sea were caught, there would be not enough. To gag these dudes Where so much meat they can't get it coming out their mouth? God answered so do you think I can take care of you? You'll soon seen enough whether I say what happens here to come to come house or not. <laughs> he did it. This miracle promise was so amazing. Moses was faithful, believing God in every instance, had it hard to believe this one. There's 600 men, 600,000 men, I'm sorry. If we butchered everything we got, it won't be enough. God said, don't you ever say I'm not enough. Don't you know who I am? Don't you ever say I can't get you out. Don't you think you, you know who I am? These guys are grumbling and complaining. These people think, bleeding them out of the I said, I'm never going to not do what I said I'm going to do, my God in heaven. If I got you in the middle of it, I'm going to get you out of it. If I got you in the middle, if you're following me, they were following the plan of God for their life, and he said, I'm going to take you from slavery and Egypt and bondage, and I'm bringing you to the promised land, flowing milk and honey, but you got to walk through the storm sometimes to get there. God's taking you to a better place. If God's taking you to a better place, You're going to have to have faith in the midst of it. Look at this. Look at Romans 4, 20 in the Amplify. I like this. I really like this. God's overpowering response to Moses was this. What was it? I ain't weak. I'm strong. I can provide everything I said even in the midst of the storm of your life. Because this storm didn't take me by surprise. I made it through all of them. Listen what it says. And the answer no one believed for distrust made Abraham waver. He doubted nothing and questioned nothing. That's the problem. When we get in the midst of the storms, we start questioning everything. Did God really tell me? Am I supposed to be here? Is that my church? Oh, my God, am I supposed to follow that voice? Blah, 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 blah. Doubt, doubt sounds, let me, oh, let me take, write this down. Doubt sounds like you, because it is. <laughs> That's good. Doubt sounds like you because it is. It is you. You ever notice that every reason you ever had in your head sounds just like your voice? It is you. Devil didn't come and say, hey, it's me, the devil. Hello, it's the devil. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He don't have he don't have no he don't have a (laughs) different He don't have no different kind of voice. Hello, it's me, the devil. No, man. I got my buddy, you know. My one buddy, I, I play with him. He might be watching tonight. He's, he's my Belgian buddy, you know. Hello, Pastor Chris, it's me. He's got a French little twang to it, you know. The devil don't come and say, hello, it's me, the devil. I come to bind you up and get you. <laughs> sounds like you, don't he? He got no French accent. He ain't Italian. He ain't got no, he ain't, no he, ain't, he ain't Latin. He sounds like you because it is you reasonings, imaginations, and how they come there. Oh, I know what happens. Ooh, unbelief or distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. He grew strong and was empowered. Yeah, I know he had questions of questions before, but once he got in faith, he had to stay there. Funny how the devil sounds like you in these times, your thinking pattern, your voice pattern, in the internal. I got news for you. You're going to have external storms And a lot of you are facing some internal storms right now. External, what am I going to do? How's this going to happen? How can we overcome? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? What are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? How's this going to work? Oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Or internal, and these thoughts are coming and they don't stop. I'm feeling this in my body. I don't know what to do. You might be walking through the storm. I got news for you. If you could stay in faith, you're going to overcome it. And on the other side of it is victory. He said this, you know, I had this thought, right? And I want you to get this. I like this thought too. I like this thought. The enemy, the enemy, and I want you to hear this. The enemy is bringing the storms. Jesus already checked out the test. Kind of proofed it. Kind of knows what you've been studying and says, okay. Okay, they're ready. And make sure before we get there. So here's the secret. Psst, I want to let you in on it. If it's in front of you, God already proofread it and knows you're ready to pass it. I promise you that's true. I promise you it's true. He didn't leave you without a way of escape. He gave you his word. Take the word of God, apply it to your storm, apply it to your situation, apply it to your life, and watch your life turn around. I promise you, if you could stay in faith, you could stay in victory. I know. We're going to talk more about it. I just wanted to want to get you to a place where one day you go, hey, you know what? I would love this. This is where I want to get to. Man, we're in a hurricane. We're in the worst hurricane the earth's ever seen, and we're in the middle of the ocean in a dinghy, and Jesus is sleeping, and waves are crashing over the side, and we look at one another, and they're like, hey, don't wake them up. Let them sleep. Let's ride this one out. We got it. You know, I like, you ever watch Perfect Storm? You ever watch that? You ever see that one? It's that movie, right? And, they, and they're, they're like, can we do it, Skip? And the waves, whoosh, coming in, like, they think they could do it, you know what I mean? I just think like that, that's the storm we're in, man. We're in that storm, can we do it? We can't do it in the natural, but we could do it with Jesus. You know what I'm saying, he gave us the tools on the boat. They didn't make it through that storm, but we're gonna make it through every storm in life. Because just as we're whoosh, whoosh, trying to go up that mountain of water, we're gonna be like, I ain't gonna say, can we make it skip? I'm gonna say, Jesus, I know, sleep, sleep on, sleep on. Just like he spoke to the wind, hush, be still. Peace. Be still. I'm going to practice. You can't practice this stuff in pregame. You got to practice it in the middle of the storm. Peace. Be still. Who is that man? They're going to look at you and say, who is that woman that even the wind and the waves and the storms of life obey her? Who is that man, that God-fearing man, that even the wind and the waves and the storm obey him? Who is that man, that man of authority, a man of power and faith? Who is that man? And when Jesus wakes up, hey, how was it, guys? It was cool. Just tell him, it was easy like a Sunday morning. <laughs> Woo, clear, sailing ahead. Why? Because we're going to take the tools that he's given us and overcome. Because he already did it 2,000 years ago on the cross. And he's given us the empowerment of the life of the believer to overcome in every area of your life. I promise you it's true. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice as we push through the storms and the obstacles of life. We're coming out on the other side. Because God is faithful to do what he said he's going to do. And we believe it and we expect it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, I love you guys. God bless you. It's going to be an awesome, awesome week. Don't forget Sunday. We're going to see you at 9 o'clock online, 10.30 in person. Both are online services, but you could come and be in the house of God this Sunday, 10.30 live in the house. Come and see me, and don't forget, share this message. It's going to help people. Thank you for taking the time to click, like, and share, 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 because sharing is caring. We love you, and God bless you. We'll see you soon.